I mean, look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? <laughs> Stop trying to Let me up. suffer. Like, I just want to be miserable. Welcome back, everyone, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players. Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. We'll start with recapping a couple events from the past few weeks. We got the Farmers Insurance, Max Homa getting his sixth win on tour, and we got the AT&T, which just wrapped up this past Monday. Justin Rose taking home the title there. We'll talk about the Waste Management Phoenix Open coming up this week. One of the four newly announced elevated events for the PGA Tour. We got a $20 million purse and a field that is a show-stopping field. We got Rory, we got Rom, we got Morikawa, we got Cam Young. Lots of really good, young, talented players. We'll talk about some of the other stuff going on in the world of golf, including Live Golf announcing its new captains for this upcoming season, Bubba, of which is heading a team called the Range Goats. An interesting choice of names. We also got Billy Horschel and Max Homa joining the TGL. We got an update on the Swilkin Bridge at St. Andrews, right? The infamous bridge on the 18th hole, uh, adding the patio and then ripping it right back up. Funny stuff. And then we'll wrap it up with Ken's new car, an EV for Kenny One Putt. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod. And check out our Facebook, the Big Players Only Podcast Facebook page. Lots of new content, written content coming there. Lots of detailed stuff. All right, the boys are back. Episode two of the new season. We got a couple tournaments to catch up on. Let's kick it off with the Farmers Insurance. We had Homa capturing his sixth win in tour career, right? Up to six now. No majors. He was talking about Danielle Kane gave him some shit because she's got six wins in a major. So uh, Max Homa will be looking to add a major to his resume soon. Uh, we had Rom playing bad in the first round, but then turning on the Jets in round two and three. Maybe not so great in round round four. And then we had Sam Ryder. Right, fourth round collapse. Guy had a two or three shot lead heading into the final round. Let me know what you guys think about the tournament. I mean, I got to be honest. I was thrilled to see Rom not win, just because I mean, it felt like he was going to start just running away with shit way too early. And it was nice to see see some struggles out of Rom. See him come back to the field a little bit. I mean, yeah, he had some great rounds, but see, see you know, some some humans, some some weaknesses there. I really enjoyed that, especially at a course he dominates. Right? right, and on Sunday he I. Fully thought he would come from behind and win it because yeah. he was kind of the, the guy closest to Ryder, and it's like, well, he's it's this is automatic. He's one two straight. This is nothing for him. Would it have been equal, better, worse? Where would you have rated it against Scotty's start to the last season if Rom would have won at Tory? So, what are the ones he won already? So he won at the won tournament on the Sony, or I mean, at the tournament of champions, champions. right? Then Siwoo won the Sony. Then he won the American Express, and then he would have won Tory. I mean, it's obviously it's a hotter start at the very least, but I mean, in terms of the quality of the tournaments, I don't know if it's any better or worse than Scotty's. Like Scotty's, the waste management was a better field than maybe some other stuff. I think tournament champions is when we all kind of look at it as a little like asterisk. It's just kind of a birdie fest. Everyone's really out there because they know they're going to get a huge paycheck more than anything. So I, I don't know. I think it'd be fairly comparable, but. Scotty's start having a major in yeah, those first three wins is there. kind of I think a runaway it's, it's, victory. It's, yeah, it's hard to really. 
compare. Scotty's also came out of nowhere, so it was more surprising, like a shock factor. Rams is pretty much expected at this point. Although he had a pretty a below average last year. Like, Rom's really, you know, you see that, right? Like, we saw it with Rory having a kid, kind of like maybe golf wasn't the first thing on his mind. And then he turns on the Jets here recently. Same thing with uh, with Rom. Kind of has his kid, maybe has a year that's maybe not up to his standards, but now he's kind of getting used to the dad life. Now he's just shredding it on tour. When I said that last year, I got all sorts of shit about people having kids and their game going away for a little bit. Now you're just yeah, throwing it back. have to check the tapes there. We need to make the definitive chart of like when you have a kid, when you drop off, and when you come back. we got speed. Everyone's doing it. I just want to know when Colin has a kid, is he still going to be a sandbagger or not? In our life? Oh, <laughs> hey. We'll get to sandbagging in a minute here. Collins Save very that bitter. Save that clip. Yeah, yeah. Rom definitely uh, following the script. I think he was everyone's kind of front runner for the uh, comeback player of the year with everything that kind of happened and how he was playing at the end of last year. So, kind of no surprise. And it'll be interesting to see how he does moving forward at some of these elevated events. I must say, we're doing pretty good. We had Rom, we had Willie Z, uh, Colin Morikawa. All these guys kind of as our comeback players. I know Morikawa and, and Zalatoris haven't gotten the winner's circle yet this year, but. Both look, all three of them look really good. So I think I like our comeback. Yeah, player I think Morikawa is yeah, top three third in that, this tournament. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, Al Torres had a great showing at um, the tournament champions too. I think so. And um, Homa, back to Homa on the win. He also became the next uh, person to sign up for the TGL league as well, right? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, that so TGL thing is really it's really blowing up. We got right, so we had um, Billy Horschel and Max Homa both sign up. So now our list of players is starting to look. It's starting to look pretty dang solid. And this is just going to be like a Monday night kind of like sort of informal match play. I don't even know if they're going to play 18. There's going to be like an indoor aspect or something. I don't know. But it should be fun. We got some star power. Do we I know how many guys are committed to that yet? Is uh, it we talking eight six or, we or talking, seven? Yeah, yeah we're, like, we're like at maybe eight now. I'm kind of like, I thought they had more commitments. They just haven't announced them all. Yeah, they're really following the live model of just like slowly releasing them. (laughs) I feel like it's just all those people that were in that meeting at the end of the season, pretty much, where they're all that all got sued by Patrick Reed. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I think it's just going to be those, you know, 20 guys that are all in this, you know, realistically. I see that. Talk about a week for Homa. Gets a win, joins the league, and also didn't he like go play a skins game and win like 400 bucks? The guy just is well (laughs) around. That's an incredible storyline. Yeah, comes, has a great win at Tori on Sunday goes Monday to this, I can't remember the name of the course, and goes and wins 400 bucks against... Well-rounded so guy. Av- they look yeah. just amateur golfers, but like, like these you golfers been he's there, playing against right? are really good. No, no, no. These guys that he was playing <laughs> against are there. really good. He's like, a real outlier in the whole had a baby and start struggling. Because he's had a baby. That's he's fair. winning, winning skins, winning tournaments. Kid's hot. The I mean, needle's he's, moving. He's had a meteoric rise. I mean, two years ago... Oh, bring he was that term back. Basically meteoric. a nobody. I mean, he was, he was the, the people's golfer. Yeah, everyone loved him. And it's just like, you know, love to see his success. And now he's just... I mean, he's a top five, ten player in the world. No questions. I'd love to know, yeah, what, what event. We're probably coming up to about 12 months it's been since since Homa got back on the scene. We always knew he was good, but, like, I looked at the timeline for him, and it's pretty much he's had his tour card or been a pro, right, on the Corn Ferry and that for 10 years now. So talk about a wow. grinder, yeah. right? Wow. Even yeah. though he's still kind of young, he's in his early 30s. He's not old by any means, and he's he's in great shape. Like, I think he acts younger. He's got plenty of good so years he's, left. He's in. dub's age. Yeah, he's dub's age. <laughs> Yeah, I think he won the Wells Fargo a few years ago and then the Fortinet last year, which he just went back-to-back on this year. I think so. he won the Wells Fargo again this past year. Yeah, he, he's winning at really yeah. difficult yeah, courses. Yeah. Torrey Pines, no exception to that. So, I mean, it's it's all lining up for him to win his hometown uh, major first Is, major. You think he's the odds-on – or he's the person without a major, the best bet to get the – I mean, how am I going to word this? You know what I'm saying. I heard that. Best Actually, player we, without a major. Best player without a major. Yeah. Is he, is he uh, taking that mantle now? I don't think he's quite there. He's on his way. But I did see where in his post-round interview when he won, Amanda Balionis said that something like, 
he jumped up to the top of the odds list to win a major this year. Like, not necessarily any specific right. major, that's but just to, to win say. one major. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Good thing we already locked him in at, like, plus 6,000 yeah. for the U.S. <laughs> exactly. In our parlay. I will yeah. say my parlay to pick four four winners, the four exact winners for the, the majors this year. It used to be a payout as, like, a $5 bet. They were going to give me 34 cents just to cash out now. It's now up to 70 cents. So, hey. I think things are going well. Rory yeah. and Homan, they both got wins. You got them on the ropes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one more thing. You want them. One more thing with the Farmers and Homa. They, they debuted that on the course interviewing the player in the middle of the hole, which is something they've... I think the players in general have been really against it because, you know, they they think they're so focused in the zone and having to have a conversation with the the whole world, it would be so difficult. But, I mean, Homa, the perfect guy to debut that with. I mean, that was fun, you know, as a golfer to watch him kind of break down his shot, what he's he's thinking, how he's going to play the hole and everything like that, and something, you know, really exciting moving forward as they kind of spread that out. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see who gets that, you know, assignment who has to do that moving forward like i cannot see a world where tiger woods ever agrees to be that person. Yeah, probably not <laughs> That's a good point. like you've seen him be like back the hell off to like yeah. cameraman you know, following up the uh, you know the fairway or something like that versus a homa probably just relaxed it more than anything and just kind of took a lot of pressure off. i don't know homa was pretty intense at the president i mean like, at the president's cup the biggest thing i noticed is how intense everybody was so i don't know that could be dicey i mean it's cool but it could be dicey at times right i don't know they're on a hot streak right now they had homa that with the debut end up winning keith mitchell was like what top five this week yep. We played really it, good so. at AT&T. Yeah. Keith's was really good because it was the Monday finish. They had him in the year. He was walking up to his second shot on a short par four. I don't know. It's like 100 yards, maybe playing 105 uphill. And they were going to play at 110 with the wind. And he's over the ball. And his caddy goes, Keith, wait. Keith backs off. Him and his caddy say, take five off. Wind just flipped. He hits it to 10 feet. And just hearing him talk through that was just incredible. Do you have a photographic memory? That was pretty impressive. Nah, yeah, I mean, was, yeah, I can remember that. <laughs> Before we leave the farmer's insurance, I just want to talk about Sam Ryder a little bit. Um, he was on fire the first two rounds, but he probably made like two birdies uh, the last two rounds of the tournament. And yeah. I think that's what ended up doing him in. He wasn't like making a bunch of bogeys and falling back. He kind of he had a four shot lead at one point on Sunday, I think after the first hole when he birdied and Ron bogeyed. But he just like he parred every single hole and you're just not gonna win a golf tournament just making pars the whole way home. He didn't look very aggressive, right? He was yeah, getting up and down and stuff like that. But yeah, it didn't look like he was out there. I think he thought he could kind of hold on and he made too many bogeys. I think if he maybe pars out, if he shoots even I think he's in the mix, but he, you know, he kind of has a couple mess mix up holes there on the backside. Yep. Tyler almost looked like an absolute genius with that Sam Ryder. <laughs> yeah, we were BSing before the pod last week. I'm like, hey, well, Sam Ryder. Well, who's that guy that a hole in one at that one tournament? And he's feeling good vibes. Maybe this after week. those first two rounds, I'm sitting there. It was like I think it was like plus ten thousand originally, or whatever. So I was kicking myself. I've been like my third biggest win in the last month. <laughs> I felt bad for him. I think the broadcast really jinxed him by bringing his mom on to like talk about what it would mean to her and him if if he won this week. And he had like five holes left, and he was only up by one stroke. He did go like bogey double, right yeah, after completely the downhill from there. I think after that interview, he tried to lay it up, and he almost hit it out of bounds left, like complete. Dust. Yeah, that's that's like- what we see a lot with these first guys who haven't won or don't have much experience winning. It, it's almost like they start playing way too conservative. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Tighten stick with what, bit. yeah, what has worked to get you there. And so laying up and, and doing things like that, I, I think is kind of what costs a lot of guys their first victories. Cause they just get too timid and I think I, not to lose. I love that evolution of Homa is I think he probably used to be that guy yeah. and he's not playing extremely aggressive, but you really see him taking his shots when he's trying to chase down the win. 
And he's incredible coming from behind, right? I know he plays really well in California. That's another statistic. But him coming from behind, he's a hell of a pursuer. He knows how to take his risks, but then play conservative when he needs to. Well, I think we saw that on the 16th hole, uh, that par three, long par three. Everyone was just hitting it to the middle of the green. It was like over 200 yards into the wind. Oh, yeah. And he took an iron, like, literally right over the tree, plopped it to, what, like, less than 10 feet. It was the only one to do it. I think they said closest one before that was, like, 20 feet or something like that. And then he just drained the birdie putt, and it was yeah, over it was, from there. It was interesting hearing him after the round i think he was on with no laying up talking about it like he he wasn't going after the pin that just fit his shot shape perfectly he's like i'm gonna aim at the middle of the green if i hit my shot shape it's right at the the pin if i hit it straight or pull it like i'm in the center of the green and so it just worked out so well for him there all right let's move on to the at&t just wrapped up this monday a five-day event we saw the leaders the last group finish up about nine holes on monday free golf love it i tuned in for most of it i had bets on four players and Justin Rose won, and I didn't have a bet on him. So a, a bit of a disappointing Monday for me. But I had bets on 70 players. <laughs> I didn't pick Justin Rose. And, really uh, rough. And then they weren't all like pre-tournament bets either. They were like end of fourth round, end of third round bets, all guys on top of the leaderboard. But really impressive to see Rosie win. I think maybe I didn't think he could pull it off, but you really see some of that veteranness come out for him. Hitting iron off the 18th tee when he knows he just doesn't need to hit anything more. Just, I mean, he let his putter do the work. He was like, all right, I'm going to hit fairways. I'm going to hit greens. I'm not going to get too aggressive and put myself in bad spots. And if I make a couple 20, 30 footers, no one's going to catch me. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, it was kind of cool to actually see him get back in the winner's circle. It had been, what, four or five years, something like that, since he had last won. And he's a guy that has been, you know, a perennial, like top 10, top 20 golfer for, you know, as long as I feel like any of us has really been watching golf, like, religiously. So it was cool to see him kind of get back in that winter circle. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of his season goes, if you can kind of you know recapture that form, because he was a former world number one, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's now on 10 years since he's won a major. It's an interesting story. I mean, he's in his late 30s. I don't think he's 40 yet, maybe. Might be. But just like, I don't know, you just kind of think about, I think about like Rory, in my mind he's like 50. Right, Rory's drought feels really long, but then Justin Rose's drought is 10 years, and those guys are just both such good golfers. My drought's almost 31 years. I mean, fuck. It's hard to believe, but yeah, I mean, Justin, continue. I don't know if Rose gets in the winner's circle at a major this year. Um, I don't know. I think conditions would have to be pretty tough, and his vet, he'd have to be the veteran in the leaderboard. But, uh, yeah, I was really excited to see him play well. Yeah, I think uh, it, it seemed like he locked it up pretty much down the stretch. He was just hitting, like, five wood and then an easy short iron to the middle of the green two putt the last, like, four holes in a row. He didn't really have to do anything. The field wasn't that strong this week it was fun to see a lot of like the young talent I know Ben and I were texting back and forth about all these different guys that we have heard of but maybe haven't actually like watched who'd you uh, have the bomber Bramlett Um, yeah Joseph Bramlett oh my god that kid's on the he's on his way to a win he is he was hitting it like 340 off the tee the one hole the third hole he hit a three wood hooked it and it hit the cart path took three bounces off the cart path, but it went like 340 and he was pin high on a par four one of the par fives on the front or maybe early on the back it played short. It played as a birdie hole for all the pros, but Bramley hit driver gap wedge yeah. into the par five. It was funny. I mean, they were following Keith Mitchell on that in that group because he was the one that was like actually in contention, and Bramlett kind of fell off. But they kept talking about how good of a driver Keith Mitchell was and how he was bombing it. And then yeah. you'd see him, and then Bramlett would be like twenty yards up ahead, yeah. and no one's talking about him. Yeah, because Keith Mitchell really is like a. I'd consider him a top ten driver of the golf ball on the PGA Tour, long and straight. And you're right, Bramlett makes him look like yeah, he's teeing off from a tee behind him. What did you guys think of the uh, 14 players withdrawing uh, most since 2007? 
Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I think they just don't have any balls. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't know. Like, like they ran out? Shit list. Like, yeah. too many like, balls fucking, in the water? It's just bullshit. Yeah, like they don't actually have enough golf balls to finish a tournament. No, yeah. the weather wasn't even, I mean, it got pretty windy there late on Saturday and then into Sunday, but it wasn't so bad. It wasn't like the forecast looked so bad that you're like, I'm not going to play in this. Those guys just they decided, I mean, you could bring in 14 golfers that would love to have an opportunity to play in that tournament, and these guys are just going to drop out like that. I mean, I think this is like a weird tournament in a sense, so like the the full program where they, they have guys playing with them the entire time. It's a very different vibe probably for these players. I mean, I think you saw even like Jordan Spieth, the guys who was like, he's kind of not taking it as serious as he would maybe some other tournaments. You know, they're joking around a little bit more freely. Uh, I don't know if we're just seeing that more with, you know, how they're changing the coverage or not, but it, I think it is, it's a kind of an odd dynamic for the players to go through. I mean, I think this is, maybe the best collection of courses from like a visual standpoint. It's just like one of the prettiest like walks you could have on the golf courses between these three. But I think it's maybe like a tough thing to really stay focused in. So easy to kind of back out of. It seems like a tournament that kind of needs a little bit of a revival. Yeah. I'm surprised it maybe wasn't chosen. I guess the program aspect of it probably was the reason it wasn't chosen as one of the elevated events, but you're right. Easily. I think number one, Cor- one, number one rotation of courses for all the events that are played. I mean, Monterey, Spyglass, and Pebble are just, they're, they're top 20 courses in the United States, and they play them all rotated in one tournament. I think the Pro-Am piece probably is like a bit of a crutch for it, but this place needs a little bit of a revival. It's fun to watch the amateurs, but this used to be a tournament that, like, you know, Palmer won and Nicholas won, and it was like a thing you held, it was like almost like a player's, like you held your head really high on it. It's crazy to me how hard Spyglass plays yeah. for even the pros. Like, the there's like a four stroke difference between Monterey, Pebble Beach, and then Spyglass. It's and and that plays a factor because like if you have to play, that's why I think uh, Rose. Well, Rose played Monterey Peninsula on Saturday, but um, like he got that. I guess he got the round at Spyglass out early, and then he could just recover on from Thursday. There, yeah, you know? yeah. Like he had the back to back Saturday Sunday at Pebble. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kitayama played his last round at Spyglass, so he had the lead going into Saturday and. And is it post round interviews? Just like, yeah, I got to hold on tomorrow and, right. and take my chances when I get them. Yeah, it's so hard to like look at this leaderboard and like you, you were saying, you're placing you know some live bets and yeah. you saw things, and you would just you know like if you didn't take the time to look to see what courses they had actually played or ha- they had to then mm-hmm. you know continue to play, it was such a weird you know thing to look at because you know all of a sudden you'd see someone was you know three over and then they ended up finishing at like ten under. Yeah. Well, after round one. The lead was eight under, I think, and Keith Mitchell was five under on Spyglass and was like the landslide odds on favorite uh, on DraftKings to be the winner because they knew how hard Spyglass, Spyglass plays. So he's three shots back, but Spyglass is so much more difficult. I think he was only, he was like plus five or 600 after round one because of how well he played at Spyglass. How about the pro-am piece? Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, that sandbagging motherfucker. Yeah, let's talk about Getting that. Getting 10 That's shots. quarterback. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, so his partner goes out. His pro partner goes out and he gets he doesn't even make the cut. He shoots one over, I think, and they win the pro am at twenty seven under par. So <laughs> let's do the math there. How how does that happen? I do think you'd understand the best ball aspect of I, it. I get the best <laughs> yeah. ball because you're ten, you're trying to say Aaron Rodgers shot nine under each round, but that's not true. He probably shot five over, five or six over, and just had quite a few birdies. Okay, but his partner clearly didn't make as many birdies as some of the other guys that were up at top. Like Keith Mitchell finished what like twelve under. 
and like that didn't do their team any good. Yeah, I know him. He had some comments about that because I think Josh Allen played decent. Right? Yeah, they shot twenty five. There was 26. an interview. Josh Allen came up. I think Josh Allen was getting nine strokes, and he said, "Well, if you had one more stroke than me, is giving a bunch." And of like shit. Josh Allen is like I would consider considerably worse than Aaron Rodgers. Like he really is. Like he hits some good shots, but Aaron Rodgers is like I'll just give you side eye. Like he's literally Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, Aaron, like, Aaron Rodgers is a golfer. He's kind of a baller. Like he kind of hits some good shots. So being a ten handicap seems a little little outstanding. Well, yeah. yeah, obviously he's a three handicap. <laughs> played as a ten. That's the point. Like, I don't he, know was, that. he was playing as a ten, or he's getting ten strokes because that he's getting ten so getting ten strokes yeah. because of the course rating and slopes. Yeah. Right. So the course okay, rating is stuff, three. and then because what's of the, the what's the difference? Because well, because of the format in general, I was reading about it. Basically, all of the players that all the celebrities, whatever, were getting extra strokes on their handicap. So they were adding, you know, three, four strokes. That's seven, so. seven strokes. Okay, they're adding that, ten and then yeah. based off yeah, of the course out. rating your handicap then goes up or not. So, like, the average slope is 113 or something like that. So, what the, the calculation, I was looking it up trying to figure it out. And Spyglass is, like, 145. Tully's yeah. a sandbagging pro saying, in the golf league. So he knows I'm just saying. Tully knows exactly. Uh, knows exactly. Your, your partner, your partner doesn't even that. make the cut, is over par, and you somehow shoot 27 under and win. <laughs> he had, like, a five, their team had a five-stroke lead on the last day. Like, how did that happen? I mean, yeah, it's, sandbagger. It's like you. You're don't one of twelve handicap, and you get about twenty-two strokes <laughs> well, in the league at Musket. It's it's the same thing. Well, he's going to a four-day ayahuasca retreat this week. So <laughs> yeah. I guess he can contemplate his sandbagging. The difference more. is, I think my handicap, if I looked at the website, was seven, and I think I get like eight and a half at Musket. I'm not getting fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. a joke! Save that sound bike. Yeah. So you're saying that Musket and Pebble Beach are the, the same difficulty, so you should only be getting like a stroke or so more? Depends on sure. the wind. If the wind's up, yes. <laughs> yeah, what teas am I playing? <laughs> are the greens frozen? <laughs> All right, I guess we'll look forward this week. Then we got the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, if you've checked out our Facebook and our Instagram, we talked about how this is one of the new four elevated events this year, so it'll have a $20 million purse, 20 best players, or the 20 players that finished on the Player Impact Program last year, which is you know it's it's mm. good quality play it's it's impactfulness on social media you're required to play in these four events unless something maybe medical or you're not qualified for the event who knows but we got an incredible field this week uh, some of the best players in the world i think we got probably 24 of the 25 uh, best players in the overall world golf ranking which we know doesn't include some live but still an incredibly talented field what are you guys thoughts on the tournament what are you looking forward to i mean this is one of the most fun tournaments to watch, I think, in all of golf for sure. So I'm excited to really tune in. You know, admittedly, the last few weeks, you know, it's been kind of passive watching of the golf. You know, and not, it marks one year of the podcast. That's true. It does mark mm, yeah, one year of the first event. No this one's is, talking about that. This, this, is the, <laughs> this is the first tournament that Colin successfully picked a winner at. I mean, yeah. I'm excited to see who he's got picked for this week. But I think it's just, it is a fun watch. Ideally, you'd be there to, like, kind of soak up that environment and, you know, be absolutely blacked out drunk during the whole time. But... I think this is just kind of a fun one to watch from any perspective. I think any golfer can you know, really get behind it. Well, especially Super Bowl's happening there this weekend. They have every oh, yeah. good golfer in the world. I mean, Same, it's it's oh, just wow. an unbelievable yeah. timing and and location for this tournament at a course that's meant to you know draw in the casual fans to just go nuts and throw beer cans on. Whoever the fans. wrote the script for this year is starting <laughs> off great. Yeah, W referenced it. I want to see what they do this year for a hole in one. Last year was all the beers on the green that you know they're going to try to one up it. Someone's yeah. coming up with a plan for when that <laughs> hole in one happens. What are they going to do? And I just really want to see what that's going to be. Do we see more or less of Damon and Higgs? Higgs didn't make I it. Higgs didn't make it. Oh, yeah, he didn't get a sponsor uh, invite, say, which wow, is outrageous. I think is... they really dropped the ball on that one. Wow. I'm excited to see the uh, Rom Rory kind of like battle coming out here because this is the f maybe is this the first time they've 
Yeah, this is the first PGA Tour event for like this year that we've seen Rory. Yeah. Oh yeah, because Rory's year, been yeah, humming, Rom's been humming, and they're the two favorites. I think they're like plus six fifty and plus eight hundred, like on the odds. Yeah, I, I think feel Rory like is technically the odds-on favorite at this point. There's like surprising. a, I don't know. There's kind of a narrative developing of those kind of two, you know, seeing who's vying for the best player in the world right now. I think. And this this is our first elevated event, right? Yep. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if we get the feeling that they're going for of like this is supposed to be almost like a major. So is it going to feel that way Saturday, Sunday with like the top five being like the best golfers and it's just a, a showdown? I mean, I think if you get, I don't know, of those 25 guys that are just like, you know, top 25 in the rankings, if you get three or four of them around the hunt, I think mixed in with some maybe some long shots, oh, it's going to be all we asked for. I mean, heck, if all top 10, <laughs> if, if all top 10 were all those guys, it would be amazing. But I'm just saying litter a couple in. Let's get some stories. Let's get a little Colin Morikawa or something, a little comeback. Tom Kim. Right, Rory, Tom Kim, well, anything. Mean, we did have that here last year. I, I know Scotty won in a playoff with Cantlay, but we also had, I mean, that was the Sahith. last showing of, of Brooks Kepka being relevant. Again. That's where Sahith kind of yep. came mm-hmm. out of nowhere and and kind of established a name for himself. And so, yeah, it, it's nice to have that little drama piece there with, with some main guys and then the, the up-and-comers kind of out of nowhere. I think something that's... Oh, go ahead. I was saying not to mention this is the uh, last tournament before the big documentary comes out too, so oh, kind of yeah, can really set the stage. Oh, what a Netflix, week! Netflix, yeah, fifteenth, yeah. is that right? Fifteenth, yeah. yeah, that's I might be, be so exciting. exciting. <laughs> oh, uh, the other thing I was going to mention is something that's probably overlooked a little bit. Nah, I don't know if I can comment on other tournaments. I got to think about it a little more. But the finish here at this course is electric, right? You got a drivable par four, you got a stadium par three, and then a pretty good gettable par four to oh. 18. It's like, you know, it's only 120 yards in, but it's tough driving. Home. And and not just a drivable par four. It's a true risk reward. I mean, it's yeah, drivable, but there's so. water all the way up the left. So you, you pull it a little bit and you're, you're losing a lot of strokes. I mean, it's there. gettable with three wood for a yeah. lot of these guys. Yeah. So who are you guys <laughs> picking this week? I'll start off. I'll start off. I'm going to go with uh, old Patrick Cantley. I think he's going to, I think he's won this tournament before. As well as, you know, we saw him kind of come in last year and you know, losing, like, the playoff and stuff. I think he's he's due for a win. He's due for, you know, that business proper, you know, get get in the win- winner circle again. Plus 2,100. Great odds. Is he going to do that in a plain white polo shirt? Because I don't think he has a sponsor I yet. think he's going to wear an untucked button-down, actually, just oh, to get boy. under your skin. <laughs> and joggers. <laughs> I'm just looking up the odds here, but... Um... I'd like to see Ricky Fowler take this one. He's won it. He won it in like 2018 or 2019. I think his game's really trending. If you have it, check out YouTube. Uh, the good, good guys that do videos with pros, they have one with Ricky, and it's outstanding. They get to talk to Ricky about motocross and then maybe some of the expectations and how you kind of live within your own bubble because people probably think Ricky has kind of like fallen short of expectations the past couple of years, which I think is true. But in his mind, he's still just as good as he was. He just needs kind of the right break here and there. I'd love to see Ricky get back in the winner's circle. And this is a place where I feel like, right, this is where BDR came from. And this is a What's place. What's that stand for? I can't remember. But he's going to really, I feel like he's going to embrace the crowds. And I can see Ricky. He's a he's a crowd guy. He kind of feeds off the energy, little Ryder Cup feel. I want to see Ricky get in the winner's circle. It's a great pick. I mean, his, like you said, he's won here before. But also, like, he's, you know, when he got his biggest win at the players, that's another stadium-style course with that same kind of, yeah. well, you know, on top of you, in your face kind of thing. And the reason I brought up the good, good videos, because once I watched it, I realized that Ricky is hitting the ball really good. Now, I know this is an informal round with some friends on a YouTube channel, but it played at Medalist down in Florida, which is a really hard, exclusive course. I mean, Ricky was knocking down pins with like five iron, four iron, three iron, like some just impressive stuff. His putting. He was terrified look, to putt. Yeah, his video. putting did look a little rough. Like, I know this is not his strong suit right now, but maybe he can just kind of channel like a, a middle of the field putting week and just ball strike the crap out of this well, course. Well, he, he just grabbed a, a brand new putter that he's never used before. Like, as far 
from what I understand, he was just on the practice green and he saw this putter and he was like, hey, I'll give that a try. And he hit a few putts with it. He's like, I'm going to put this in the bag. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason I kind of not that good at putting because I just can't stick to a putter. I mean, it's, you <laughs> see a putter in that back. Yeah, it's like right it's now. like uh, it's too many. But <laughs> when you see a pro change putter, I think that's why I was betting on. I put a, like five bucks on Kurt Kitayama in the final round, and then come to find out he had a new putter. And then you saw the conditions get a little hard, and like you know, you're not concentrating as much. You can't trust that putter like you do. And he putted atrociously in the final round. So. I would like to see Ricky kind of, you know, he's been with his putter a little bit, but he's going to have to putt well to win this week. Well, I've got my Orioles hat on tonight, in case you didn't notice. So, um, <laughs> my boy Cam Young, plus 2,900, he <laughs> is going to come out here and win this thing. For the MLB. Um, MLB sponsor. MLB, he, represent. He is definitely not scared. He is going to go with that par four there towards the end, and he's not even going to see the water on the left side of the hole. That's the type of guy that's going to win this tournament. Cam Young does here. play a high it's face. A deal. Coming off a second place yeah. last deal. week. Yeah, they didn't even talk about that. Was that in Dubai? Yeah. Answer one, right? And he was Cam Young second? Yeah. 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 Oh, that was the way they Cam Young's great at finishing second. Everybody. It was Asian tour, but where did they play? Dubai, right? Saudi. I think it was Saudi. Yeah. 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 Saudi yeah. invitation. Yeah. Just, he played, and he played amazing. He's playing, I mean, consistent good golf. I love it. Similar climate to Arizona. Something to think about. Something to think about. Desert ish. Desert ish. The desert. Yeah. Cam Young? <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean I don't really have a I have a pick, but I like the Ram Rory narrative. I think maybe maybe both of them have I mean obviously they're the two favorites. Both of I, them to win. But I don't know. I I think like I'm kind Our of excited life. to see if like they flex on each other a little bit. I, I'm looking for those one of those two. You know what right. else I see? You're also wearing an Orioles hat. I am. You on the Cam Young train? Uh I mean I I love Cam, but I feel like it's you know, a, Rom's a real big MLB fan. corner, so <laughs> I mean, he's never heard it, I'll be, uh, frankly. <laughs> well, I think, well, I picked Ricky, but I mean, I think you start to get down this list and you see some guys, Cam Young is not down that list. He's at the top of the list. But you start to get down into the plus eight, 10,000 guys, and you're like, oh, man, that guy's playing some good golf. Like, he could really win in here. And then you, like, take a second and go back up to the top, and you're like, how the hell is he going to beat all of these guys? <laughs> right? So it's like, I'd love to see a long shot win. But Kramer Hickok, plus 100,000. Yeah, right. Cameron. <laughs> Kramer. Oh. I, yeah, if there's if there's one thing I've learned over the past three weeks trying to bet on these guys on Sunday, it's that the guys who have won before usually come out on top. You had you have Rose pulling it out. You had um, Homa taking over Ryder, Rom over um, that Davis Thompson kid. So I do think it's going to be a big name. Um, I'm going to go with Justin Thomas because I said he was going to have a big year this year, and I think this is a good opportunity for him to kick things off. And I think he usually, this is a tournament that he usually plays in anyway. So he's not being like pulled into this because of the, it's an elevated event. He knows this course. He usually plays well at this course. So I'm going to ride him this week. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with the past champion, uh, Scotty Scheffler. He's kind of, he's, he's kind of been lost in the wind a little bit as far mm. as he, not being relevant, not being at the forefront of talking about the, the last few tournaments, but he's been top 10, top five, and basically his last 10 tournaments. So, Look for him to kind of regain that uh, that leader mentality and and kind of come back from a little bit of being down. I just wanted to bring up so that now that we are officially at our like one year mark, we can start t- talking about the guys we picked last year. <laughs> so last year Tyler took JT. <laughs> I took Isaac. I took Hideki, who is not week. a terrible pick this week. Right, two time winner. Yeah. Uh, Dub and Ken both took Vic. Oh right? my god, that was a big oh, phase to start. Huh? I know, but Vic's coming off a pretty good showing at the AT and T, and this is a this is a ball striker's course, right? High and hard green, so he's going to need to get some spin. I was riding Vic's him blind at that time. In my Great life. driver of the golf ball. This course, you need to drive it well. Uh, Tully took Jordan Spieth. Classic. Right? Shock. Had a baby. <laughs> hey, and back. then Colin Wright took Scotty. So yeah. yeah, I think lots lots of similar Hello. picks, and then all those guys I think to contend this year. 
A lot, a lot of sand out here in the desert. What about Ken's other guy, Daniel Berger? Is he even, <laughs> he probably he even didn't playing? Make it. He probably didn't make I feel it. like he's, he's, flipping, he's burgers. flipping burgers. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Ever since that controversy, he just fell off so completely. He's had injuries and stuff, yeah. But that was like know. the last time we heard from him. He like, what was it? He, uh, what was it? Was it the players? The players. Oh, yeah, it was it where his ball in went in the water. water, water yeah, where it crossed yeah. over. I feel like since then, he's just been complete spiral. I think guys like... I was just going to say, he seems primed to go to live golf here. So. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a great yeah. comment. Good in the sand. Him. I mean, he would fit in. Over uh, there. He oh, looks oh, like oh, a range oh. goat. <laughs> I think when you see guys like Daniel Berger kind of fall off the map, man, I'm like, you know, I guess he could kind of get back into form, but it's hard to see any of these guys that don't hang with the driving distance really coming back and competing. Everybody in that top 20, and they're all hitting the ball 300 plus, and Daniel Berger is like a 280 driver. I just don't see how he contends with these guys. All right, okay. let's talk about some of this other stuff that's going on. Speaking right. of range goats. Yeah. So Liv announced new captains. I guess we're going to have a complete new snake draft. Are we not going to have like the four aces team anymore? What's I, going on with I that? I think the four aces team is, I think is staying it's roughly stupid. intact. I think it's just like, <laughs> like last year, Bubba wasn't actually like playing and such. So I think it's just kind of reintroducing and then rebranding maybe. And then I guess Brooks's team was also changed, right? Is that Bubba's kick. Bubba's no, kick and every new, player. Got a new yeah, logo. who was it that came out and said, yeah. Was it four aces? They're up there with like the Lakers and Yankees. As far as <laughs> I assume it was Pat Perez. Hey, Bubba, everybody knows the, the aces. My son said he loves the aces. My They're son was watching it on CW. And- They're up there with the Frederick flying alpacas. Really, <laughs> screaming alpacas. So I think, yes, yeah, so we'll have some teams that probably remain intact, but we also have what, 12 new, 12, not 12 new captains, but a new mix up of captains, right? We've lost a few captains that were pretty irrelevant. Now we got like Joaquin's a captain, yeah, the Phil's Hispanic a captain, Bubba's a captain. So we got the Rippers now. Cam yep, Cam Smith. Smith so right? Got to order my gear. Was it Sergio's Fireballs or whatever <laughs> changed their logo? Did you see Kyle Porter on Twitter said, man, one of the more iconic logos in the past decade. <laughs> it's like the sun with sunglasses. Now it's like he's lost his sunglasses. They look like clip art logos. They really do. Yeah. Like, so they just AI generated clip art. It looks like something Ken would make. Yeah, probably. I mean, so we're... Hire me, Liv. So let's just say we're a year. We're now a year into this. We're probably about a year since Liv kind of became like a real thing. Where do we think Liv kind of stands? I'm going to give them I'm gonna a little more respect. I think they got something going. I'm not sure like... I see the long-term plan, but, you know, it's it's pretty iconic. They sure have a lot of good players now. We saw, was it Sebastian Munoz that just mm-hmm. went? So they got, I mean, talking about, like, international game, and they have continents of, of players from that are just going to attract a huge viewing. I think that they do things a little differently this year. So it seems like watching that coverage was still a little hard to follow. Like, individual team, they get that thing figured out a little bit. It's going to be pretty fun to watch. I mean, not only that, but like you're going to be able to watch it, and then you're going to be able to see some great CW TV <laughs> afterwards instead of having to watch Hill. like 60 minutes after you know, watching uh, the PJ. Highs and lows. Smallville, maybe. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. But, I mean, overall, like I think they've proven that like they are going to have – they have something. There's something there that you know they were able to at least last – People still continue to go, you know, beyond just that initial wave that we've seen some things. Yeah, is it not the the perfect system? Uh, not at all. But I think overseas and you know maybe in South America, things like that. I think it's way better received than it is here in the United States. So I think you know it may never fully catch on here, but I think it's going to sustain life elsewhere. I think everyone's just a little tired of it, frankly. Like, I was listening to Rom's interview this week, which I really enjoyed on um, Foreplay, and, like, he was talking about, he was talking to Phil, and, like, everyone's kind of just like, what? That's our competition. Don't fucking mention that. Ah, whatever, whatever. I mean, hey, <laughs> I, I mean, I think Rom was really good on it. I don't care about the podcast, really. Um, but he was talking about how him and, him and Phil, like, kind of 
have conversations about this. And like, I feel like a lot of the players have kind of buried the hatchet. Like they're not like so heated anymore. They're like, okay, I talked to this guy. We have our disagreements. We have our differences, but generally they're doing, we're all adults. They're doing their thing. We're doing our thing. And it's, it seems like it's kind of like, it's kind of evened out a little bit. And I think everyone's just kind of getting back to business. I mean, personally, I feel like everyone in live is pretty irrelevant now. We didn't even talk about the tournament on the intro of this. And every time Phil tweets something, I just think it's a joke. So really they're kind of on their own irrelevant corner, even though, um, it, there's some promise, but I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm probably not going to watch any live tournaments. I don't know. Yeah. I think Tully made a good point about the difference of how we perceive it or re, we receive it here in the States as compared to the rest of the world. Like all I hear about live are like the people who are seen to be carrying the flag are Patrick Reed and Phil Mickelson <laughs> because they're just like stirring up controversy for no reason. Like, okay, that's uh, just gonna, Patrick Reed's going to sue you. Be careful. <laughs> Bad that's just going to like, Put it in a negative we light, can't afford light that. for me. So, like, I'm not <laughs> the litigation. I'm to be Colin's comments do not. I'm still not still nuts. represent the. I'm still not supporting live until like I want to like if DJ came out and said like yeah it's fun come watch it I'd be like all right cool I'll check it out like I like DJ he just like no like no controversy kind of guy if, I don't want Patrick Reed out there throwing teas and Phil just saying he can beat everyone even though he hasn't made a cut in like <laughs> two years. <laughs> Can you cut that clip and just tag DJ in it for it us? It does feel like, I agree, the rhetoric is just like, yeah. it's annoying, right? Let's, yeah. I want to hear about the damn golf. Right? Well, I want to hear about how good the I, golf I is. I think when we're talking about how successful Liv is, I think we also need to look at all the good that it's brought about from the standpoint of all these adaptations that the PGA Tour has gone through and all these elevated events and just ridiculous amounts of money being thrown at it, I think is directly attributable to live coming about and even like the broadcast and, and different styles of play. We talked about the TGL too, a little bit. I mean, that's, that's all I think predominantly because of live kind of pushing the envelope as far as golf needs to adapt and bring in younger fans and, and more casual fans versus just kind of the old Q-tip kind of model. Yeah. And I mean, I think this week's event, you know, you mentioned elevator. That's the perfect example of it. Like previously, like there was a couple, you know, bigger names there, maybe trying to tune up before the Genesis, but you know, now that is an event that has all the, you know, the younger crowd there pretty much try, that they're trying to capture, uh, you know, and all the big names there for them to actually see, you know, the best golf in the world. So I, I couldn't agree with you more there, W. And I think it sets the stage for possibly the most intriguing matchup is a live versus PGA Tour kind of Ryder Cup format, which would be fascinating. Which, according to Phil Mickelson... <clears throat> They would win like ten out of ten times, something like that. Is that right? Yeah. And me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna happen. I think sure. we're headed that it's way. Too much money. There's too much money. Yeah, Everyone's gonna say way. yes. It's gonna happen. I mean, as much as I like, I've never really looked at the PGA Tour as like this like organization of saints. Like they're still a business. They're trying to make money. We've they're real, a nonprofit. Damn it. We've realized how money hungry they are now that we see like twenty million dollar purses just being drawn out of nowhere, right? But uh, yeah, over, I don't. I don't see them not taking the live Ryder Cup match because it's just a money maker. It's over under one year until they do it, it'll be the match oh, ten more. sponsored by Capital One. Chuckle be under. Eating under a year? No, way over. over? I think it, it'll over take some time, but I think it'll happen. I am excited to watch the majors this year. With uh, I mean, assuming that the live guys will be playing in them, uh, it'll be interesting if there's like one or two live guys in contention down the stretch, and yeah. everyone's rooting against them. TV so cameras just cut cam. out. It'll just be cam. Augusta's already said that they're allowing them if they've already qualified, right? So I assume that all the other ones are going to kind of follow suit there. Right? Absolutely. You better watch on Thursday or Friday. <laughs> they got bottom lines to hit. They're not going to ban these Yeah, guys. you know the script's already been written that Liv's <laughs> going to have at least one guy in the top five yep. of yeah. the Masters and basically every major. It's going to be a make beautiful that, script. Yeah, drama film. Could, could these guys hypothetically, like, if you know, they're, they, if they were to not honor, like, previous qualifications, could they choose to then go through, like, local qualifying? Oh, yeah. 
Probably, unless they're unless oh, they're inherently incredible. banned or something. I don't know, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, can you imagine like Cam Smith just grinding it out to get the U.S. Open yeah. playing at you know fucking <laughs> yeah. Worthington Manor? <laughs> yeah, that would, I, sick, we're going to see that absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the big, maybe not those bigger names, but there will be big names that will start to go through qualifying, right? Maybe like an Abe Anser or a Sebastian Munoz. Those guys will definitely be going through qualifying because one, they're good enough to get through, and you know they're not qualified. All right, let's talk about some of this other stuff going on this week. Uh, how about that Swilkin Bridge? So St. Andrews, the famous bridge on 18. People Holy. have taken pictures at for centuries, right? Camera's been around that long. I don't know. So they built this like patio on the... On <laughs> people the, making paintings of it. <laughs> the painting the Swilkin Bridge for centuries. AI made a beautiful painting. I don't know if you saw the pictures, but they put yeah. this like patio on the T side of the bridge. Um you know, I, I think the intentions were good, but the product was just not. Like Trolls it just, one, St. <laughs> Andrews zero. I mean, I don't know. I guess you can't grow grass there. They're complaining about how you just like either go AstroTurf or whatever, but it looked awful. It lasted two days, and the social media <laughs> outrage, they had to rip it up. So end of an era, two days old, the, the patio's gone. Yeah, it really was bad. I mean, I don't, I, it's nothing, you're the it's architect. Nothing. I mean, what are your architectural thoughts on this? You're not a landscape architect. If you're going to add something old, you have to purposely make it very different. If you try to match it, it's going to look bad. That's pretty much how it goes. You can't so you wanted them to have like just, you know, if they full on like bright blue colored uh, shit or what do you want there? I don't know. I'm just saying if you, you better to have contrast than, than uh, compliment, I think. And that, they should have done, done nothing there, I think. I don't know. Real original. Okay. I'm a little disappointed in St. Andrews, to be honest. Like, yeah. you're the home of golf. You should be thinking, no. what I say goes. Like, if you want to put it there, yeah, I agree. There. Stick I would do that. I agree. Soft. Yeah, I they agree got canceled. That. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, is is that, like, in play of a shot going way right? Like, is that, could a ball bounce off it? I really don't know where it is on the, I t- think like it's, the T line. Isn't it on 18? Yeah, like it's they like, just bomb it right over Yeah, anyway. it's like 100 yards. Yeah. Could one of our tee shots? Yes. Yeah, yes, so if a ball like bounces like off the patio really high, because I've been it's probably only a hundred yards from the tee, right? But yeah, yeah. it would be. Oh, then I'd be definitely for us. It would be in play. Yeah, it's in play, especially with a lot of fans watching. Yeah, that's why they raise their handicaps accordingly. Yeah. Who is Swilkin anyway? <laughs> Who's this guy, Mister Swilkin? He should have decided. <laughs> yeah, someone ask him. His ancestors. It's his bridge, <laughs> and no one bridge. asked him. Bring out the Ouija board. Find the next of kin of Swilkin. Made the bridge, not the patio. You know your great great grandfather Swilkin. No, well he is. So tell us what you want to do with the bridge. All right, and then wrap us up. Ken got a new car. Well, Atlantic, an EV. And they like well, EV. You know, Atlantic City is only 156 miles away, and I can go about 250. It's got a charge. Yeah. <laughs> so I can get there. I can get there. So we'll one, get one there, one and then we'll plug it into like a, a yeah. 110 volt outlet yeah. in the garage. <laughs> when you put, when and it'll be charged house, to get did home. It have an electric charger or no? I, I can barely keep my phone from dying. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how it's good. Ken's like, I got 250 miles of range, and we all plug our phones in. It just slowly starts going down. <laughs> Guys, we're not yeah. gonna make it. Yeah, I mean, this. It, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, it's. Been, I've been. I've been zipping around town the last couple of days. Um, looking forward to it. Have had you to, had to charge it yet? Yeah, a couple of times. Well, we don't have the charger in our garage yet, so I have to go to Walmart and sit there. For like, <laughs> for like are there? Wait, are there other people there? Do you guys like talk? Yeah, yeah. We like, you're like, put, you know, tailgate and stuff. How many miles do you got? How many miles <laughs> you got on that? Like, like, Thirty-two charge. Like Thirty-two minutes. Half hour, three hours. What's uh, the? It's like um, Annie Ann's pretzel while you wait there. Walmart. <laughs> I went in Walmart. <laughs> Every one of the Annie Ann's pretzels lines just takes about EV owner. <laughs> it takes about forty-five minutes to get like forty percent. It's like a minute a percent basically. So like, if you get if it get it to 80 so it's like a half hour for an extra 30 percent. so yeah, yeah. it's well, kind of a lot when, whenever you come up and play musky you can just park it at my house there's one right up the street that you can use and we'll go play golf yeah i mean you have time. to build like a half hour into your road trips. i think they're at musket aren't they when, i've I seen a think, few courses i don't have think they have them at musket yet but oh, okay. i just they put in I mean, like, they charge carts there so <laughs> <laughs> 
It actually charges while you drive too, which is wild. It's like a game. So how do you ever run out? So you just of hit the brakes real hard, like yeah. oh yeah, it's got five miles. <laughs> yeah, if you hit the brakes, it charges. It's wild. <laughs> you can't just fly into fucking stop. So how does it run out of battery? Can well, just, it's not like completely regenerative. <laughs> it's like this like machine of the future where it never slap a solar unit on the top. Yeah. I'm only driving electric Always. golf carts from now on out too. No gas. Ken just Ken just waits an extra ten seconds from when the light goes red to green, <laughs> just to get the extra charge. Oh man, yeah. I'll let you. I'll update you guys next week on how the car is. Do your clubs fit in the back? That's what really matters. Yeah, I brought them to the dealership when I was buying it, and then I just put them in there and drove away. <laughs> oh, they knew you were a golfer. He probably yeah. ripped you off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that does it for us this week, guys. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you head over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod. Check out our Facebook page. We got up new coming content, lots of detailed stuff. Big Players Only Facebook page. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. That was sponsored by Waste Management. Awesome.